Welcome to Member Maker, a podcast about how to build a sustainable membership business. I'm your host, Ward Sandler, the co-founder of MemberSpace. Today I'm chatting with Becca Pountney, founder of Engage Weddings, about setting up free events to build an initial audience, growing an email list to engage your audience over time, and how a membership model helps business sustainability. Hi, Becca. How are you doing? Hi, really good. Thank you. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for making some time to come on the podcast. It's great to be here, even though we're the other side of the world from each other. <laughs> yeah, the internet's amazing. Um, so let's start off with uh, what, what's your story? What's, what's your background? So I'm Becca. I obviously, if you haven't worked out from the accent yet, I'm from England um, and I um, own a wedding business called Engage Weddings. Uh, my background is actually in uh, the television and radio industry. So right back at university, that's what I studied. Um, and that's the world I, I moved in for a number of years. Um, and then when I wanted to have kids, I decided I needed to take a break from that. And I moved over into the wedding industry, starting off as a wedding videographer. So that's the link back to the media industry. Gotcha. So if you could kind of give people listening a, a quick overview of, of what your business is and what you do. Cool. So Engage Weddings is a wedding blog for local brides and grooms are getting married locally to me. But as part of that, I also run a network of wedding business owners that I offer support and training through a membership club. Um, and also through that, they also get exposure to those local brides and grooms if they live in my area too. Gotcha. So um, when somebody comes to your site, what's, what's the, what's the path most people go down once they get there? Like what, what, are, what are they trying to find generally? Okay. So if they're a bride or groom, they would come to my website and they would just see wedding inspiration ideas, places they can get married locally and suppliers that they can use for their wedding locally. If they're a wedding business owner, they would go on a bit of a different path through my wedding supplier. Um, root on my site it says i'm a wedding supplier click here to make it obvious and then they would go into an area more designed for them where they can find out about networking events business training opportunities and of course my membership as well cool so uh, let's dive into the membership aspect so what uh, it sounds like that that's relatively recent from when we were talking before we started recording so what made you even think of that and and, want to expand the business in that way Okay, so yeah, the membership is fairly new to me. I started it in January um, this year, and I'm now up to 80 paying members in that membership. Um, but I actually started in a slightly untraditional, or maybe it is traditional sense, I guess. You hear a lot of people talking about building an audience online, and I actually did the complete opposite. I built my entire audience offline. So I mentioned before I used to own a wedding business, um, a wedding videography business, and I just wanted to meet other people in the area that did the same thing. Um, so I put on a night at a local hotel and just invited a few people along who did similar stuff to me and said, do you fancy getting together? Um, and we did, and we had a great night together. And that was the start of my, audi my audience. Essentially, it started as a few people in a room, they told a few other people um, and the next event, more people came and the next event, more people came. Um, and then I took it online, started a Facebook group and it, it got to at the end of last year, there was over 800 wedding business owners in that group. And I just could no longer put on events and serve that amount of people. Um, so I took a step back and thought, how can I better serve less people, but do it in a better way, um, which is why I started the membership. I started the members club um, so that people were investing in being part of that community um, online. And we still do meet offline occasionally as well. Cool. So for these initial events, it sounds like you were charging money for that. 
No, so actually the initial events were free and I still run those networking events for free. I see them as my kind of offline sales funnel. Um, so in the wedding industry, obviously wedding venues um, want to be known as well. So I'm fortunate in that I can often get those spaces for us to meet for free. Um, it's a great way for people to know, like, and trust me. We talk about that a lot, but I found that a lot easier on offline as opposed to online because I was meeting these people face to face. They were getting to know me and what I was about. Um, and I found it to be a really great audience building strategy because they could trust me very quickly. And then when we took that online, um, it was easy to grow. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Incorporating the, the venue as well. So yeah, everyone is kind of working with each other potentially, or at least learning about each other. That's so it's attractive to all parties, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I actually talk a lot about to my members, um, always giving more than you expect to receive. So all the way along, I try and get people to give what they can to each other, help each other out. Um, and they are sure to receive something back. And that's how this whole business started. I just gave them a place to meet, um, a structure where we could meet and get to know each other, help each other out. And that's grown into them now paying to be part of the membership. So just one more quick question, just curious um, for regarding these these meetups. What what was the structure? Was it uh, was there like a keynote speaker? Was it you just talking and then people were networking or what, what was it? So I kind of liked it to be more of a laid back approach. So it started, as I mentioned, organically. We just met up over a cup of coffee in a hotel um, the first time. And I kind of kept that vibe going. So people signed in um, or sign in with a label and a name label and what they do. And then there's just normally complimentary drinks. People chat. Um, occasionally I'll run a speed networking session or something like that. Um, and say a few words, but there was no formality to it. It was just a chance for people to get to know each other. And that has just formed an incredible sense of community because when people have joined my membership, many and oftentimes they've known each other in person first. So that online chat is not hard for me to get going because people have met each other face to face. And of course they want to carry on those conversations online as well. And I would imagine also they'd want to work with each other, right? When, when coming up with vendors to refer for weddings, if, if one vendor gets the wedding, they, they're going to want to pull in, you know, the caterer and, and the florist, et cetera, I would imagine. Absolutely. And we've I found that to be happening more and more, especially since I started the membership, because people want to work with each other. Um, they want to promote each other. And actually, even those that are in the same industry, because with weddings, we can only do a limited amount per year. So if you're a photographer and you're already booked for that Saturday in July, you can pass right on to another photographer in the membership um, and give them that work. Smart. Yeah, I, I, I think that's this is a good a good thing for people to kind of pay attention to because it's not what most people I'd say are trying to do, like you mentioned, doing an offline type of event, right? That that's novel. There's something it's it's weird, but apparently it's novel to meet people in person these days, right? So, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I think other people can use this for their own membership business that they're trying to build to think of well. I'm trying to build a community or, or an, at least an audience and what's potentially an offline, low cost way for me to connect with that audience, especially when you're first getting started. Right. So uh, I think that, that was a really good idea of yours. Yeah. And I think you can do it in any sector. I've had ideas about just starting a little group in my village for other other small business owners, which could then turn into a membership. I think sometimes in the online space, we can feel like we need to be huge straight away. And actually, you can niche down locally. And there is a lot of local people. And if you can meet up with them face to face and get to know them, they're much more likely to join your membership in the future. So how did you transition from these meetups to online and, and, and what sort of the business model there exactly? 
Okay, so we were meeting online and I was collecting people's email addresses purely so that I could tell them about when the next event was happening. Um, and so I found that my email list was growing quite quickly and I was sending out emails, but I kind of didn't want to bombard people in their email inbox too much. And sometimes it wasn't relevant to people if, if they lived in a certain county and I was holding an event somewhere else. So at that point, it got big enough. I felt that I needed an online space. Um, so I just set up a free Facebook group. Um, under my um, engaged weddings name that people could join um, so that I could post about the latest events. I could then start talking about business tips and business training, that kind of thing. And it was then when that started to get so huge that I realized I was, I was trading time for money and that I was having to work really hard to service all these people. And actually it was becoming quite stressful and I couldn't put on enough events to cater for them all. Um, and at that point I sat down with a business strategy coach and just said, look, I've, got this thing. I know it's good. I know I've got all these people and I have a good relationship with them. I just need to work out a better strategy so I'm not running myself ragged. Um, and they suggested looking at a membership model. Um, and that very quickly became apparent it was a good idea because I could have a fewer people that were invested financially in me um, that I was essentially offering the same services to, um, but I could do it better. And I know now that I have a set income coming in each month as well. Right. Yeah. The the more predictable recurring revenue aspect of most membership businesses is probably one of the more attractive features of, of the model. Uh, obviously, there's also the idea that it takes a while to, to get that monthly number up, up to an amount that is sustainable day to day. But once you once you kind of get to that amount, it generally won't just fall off a cliff. It either will grow or stagnate or slowly decline, but everything it, it's not going to just disappear overnight. Yeah, it's much more manageable. And I was finding I was having to put on an event and then I would make a bunch of money for people coming to a training event or something like that. And then if the next month I was on holiday or feeling sick or just didn't have an event to put on, then suddenly I had nothing coming in. So the membership model is definitely evened that out for me and it's a lot more sustainable. Right. So could you just give us a few more details about what, what exactly is this members club? Like what do people get when they join? Okay, so if you join the Engage Members Club, you obviously have to be a wedding business owner, not just any business owner, because that's the niche that I'm talking to. Um, they get a Facebook group, um, which I am in regularly to support them through their business, and they can chat in there. Um, each month, I get a guest expert that comes in and talks to them to something relevant to our industry. So some of those things may be more general business advice around finance, social media, but also really specific um, things for weddings, like how to stand out at the wedding exhibition events, um, how to um, get people to refer you to their friends when they're getting married, that kind of thing. Um, so that happens once a month. They also have a Q&A with me once a month where I answer all of their questions. Um, and throughout the year as well, I'm putting on a few of these face-to-face -face events for members only. Because a lot of my memberships still live locally um, and all of them still within the UK at the moment, I'm able to put on those events. And for me, that's a great chance for people to get to know each other better. So they're much more likely to stick around in my membership rather than just coming and going. They're really invested in the other people in the membership as well. So next month, we're getting together for brunch and co-working um, with some of the members and in the summer we're having a summer party as well it's awesome yeah the, the idea of building a, a true community not just you know saying the word i want a community but to truly build that to really meet people and to engage that that is probably one of the best things you could do to reduce cancellations for your business right so that makes a lot of sense 
Absolutely. And I've read, because I've been looking into memberships more recently, um, about the cancellation rates that are expected. But obviously, it's early days for my business. I only started this membership in January, and now we're just about to come into May. And so far, I've only had one person cancel out of 80. So they're enjoying what they're getting at the moment. And I'm hoping to build that. Um, it's worth mentioning, actually, I've, I'm running my membership on an open and closed model. So I only opened that membership for a week in January, and then I've closed it to new members for the time being. And then I plan to reopen it um, to people again in the summer. And could you explain the, the thinking behind why you're doing it that way? I wanted to know who was in and who wasn't in. Um, I'd built up this huge group of 800 people and I wanted to know which of them were committed. And I knew there would be some people that would be sitting on the fence and kind of saying, yeah, I'll join at some point. So I just wanted to give them an incentive. If you're in, you're in. Um, also, I wanted to build up a real sense of community, like I've mentioned before within that group. So I wanted people to know who else was in the group with them um, and that they were the true engage wedding members um, to stick together. Um, and also by closing it now, I know that by having these exclusive events, um, other people in the area are wishing that they could have come to them. And I have no doubt that when I open up again in the summer, they'll be wanting to join because of the fear of missing out. Yeah, the, the whole scarcity principle too, that there's a lot of psychological aspects there. Um, also, I would imagine just from what you were saying, as far as what the membership includes, a lot of it involves you and, and, and you being present or doing something or facilitating something. So I would imagine trying to scale this up too. You're trying to be careful there too. Yeah, I'm definitely trying to be careful with it. And I kind of want to keep that real local community aspect. So even though I am attracting people from slightly further afield, I want them to get to know me and to get to know the people in the community rather than just being random people placed anywhere in the world. And so by growing it slowly um, and carefully, I know that I'll have a better chance at, at keeping that connection. Have you thought about, because for, for a lot of business owners, the, the idea is grow, 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 and you know, indefinitely almost, which obviously isn't, isn't sustainable and not, not realistic either. So I'm just curious, have, have you thought about what, what is the end goal here, or at least where would you be comfortable in your business? I feel like I'm still at the beginning of this membership. I know that I'd like to take it further and I would like to spread it um, further across the UK. Um, but I want to do that in a slow, sustained fashion so that I can find people that can facilitate the in-person meetups in those areas as well. Because I would hate people to feel like there was a, a two-tier type of person, like a person that lives locally enough to come to the events and a, a person that can't make it because they live too far away. Um, so my plan is to build it through using other people across the country that can essentially be a version of me in that place and, and meet up with people locally. Uh, so like, like a team leader or a certified like director or whatever? Yeah, so kind of like an engaged weddings ambassador for that region. Um, but right now, I, I'm taking it slowly. I've got two young children, um, so I don't want to try and scale it too quickly. Um, so I'm taking it month by month at the moment um, and seeing where it goes. But with all the things I've done up to this point, I, I found that by building this community, it's just organically growing in a certain direction. Because if people are enjoying something and they're feeling a benefit from it on their business, they're telling other people about it and then they want in as well. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, I know you've, you've spoken about sort of building the initial audience from those meetups. Um, from there, though, it sounds like the transition was to a Facebook group, which grew the audience further just naturally, right, from people 
telling each other. So really word of mouth. Was there any other, was there anything else you did or strategies you did to grow your audience? So when I launched um, the membership back in January, I did have a clear strategy of how I wanted to do that. And I wanted to grow my audience slightly um, before that happened. Um, So I ran an online summit, which was free. Um, It took place in my Facebook group. And I did run some Facebook advertising for that, um, but not a lot. Um, Just promoting it, getting people to sign up to it, to get them over into my free group. Um, As part of that summit, I had guest speakers in um, over two days, every couple of hours um, on a variety of topics, just to give people a flavor of what kind of quality of advice they could expect from being part of my membership. Um, So I did run Facebook advertising for that. Also the word of mouth for that grew because it was a really good two days of speakers um, and that people wanted to get into that group to hear that if they're in the wedding industry. Um, And I basically ran that summit for two days. I left those videos up for seven days and then I took them down and put them inside the membership. Um, so if they wanted to join the membership, then they could have access to those videos and many more going forward as well. So yeah, I did promote using Facebook ads, but still most of the stuff that I've done has been organic or through word of mouth. And what, what made you even come up with the idea for that summit? I just wanted to give people a taste of what they could expect. Um, I'm all about networking and connections. If you haven't got that by now, I love meeting people face to face. And I just think I knew that I could get people in of a good quality to speak to my members through the connections that I'd made. And I wanted to show them that that was possible. I didn't want them to think they were paying for a membership that they didn't really understand where they were going to get the benefit from, or if it was only going to be hearing from me because I believe other people had stuff to offer. So I just wanted to give them a really intense taste of what they could expect from the membership club. Um, It was a difficult move for me as well because I'd run these these free networking events and been giving quite a lot of free advice away um, for almost two years and so to suddenly tell people I'm going to start charging you for this now was going to be a bit of a shock so I needed to make it have a big impact and I needed to give something to those people that weren't going to join the membership but were going to have to have that shock of that was what was going to happen so they got that through the summit. Right and and I imagine also increased your email list since people have to sign up and give you give you the email so even if they don't sign up for a membership you can potentially get them to sign up in the future yeah absolutely it's increased my um, mailing list fairly substantially for the size of my business and also those people are still in my free group which i do still dip in and out of from time to time and and work with those people they just don't get the same level of access to me and my knowledge as they do when they pay to be part of the membership Right. Okay. So speaking of payment, why don't we dive into the pricing? So what, what, what is the pricing of of the membership currently? And was it always that amount? Okay. So I wanted to keep it really affordable. Um, Wedding business owners tend to be either mums who want a second income or a sideline job when they, um, have kids um, or often people that are doing it alongside a full-time job. So I knew I needed to make it affordable at least to start with. Um, And also because I was making this transition from loads of free stuff to suddenly you have to pay for it, I wanted it to be attractive to those first members. So when I launched in January, um, I charged £12.50 a month to be a member, which um, for you is $16 approximately. Um, And then I've closed that, as I said. And when I reopen in the summer, it's going to be £16 a month. Um, or $20. Um, And I think that will keep going up slightly in increments every time that I reopen that membership because they've got a back catalogue now of stuff that's already there. So when you join in the summer, you've got six months worth of of training already in that membership. So it it can 
command a higher price tag. Right. And where did the 16 a month come from? Was that, did you do research initially? Did you do a survey or did you pick it out of thin air or what? I thought, what would I pay for something like this? And then I picked it out of thin air. I always think that my ideal client is probably a version of me. Um, I did have a look around the industry at the other kind of, of memberships were on offer and the level at which they were charged. And I just wanted to make it affordable. Um, I wanted to make it around the price of having a Starbucks coffee every week so that I could say that because that's something people do without even thinking about. Um, so it's like if you have a Starbucks every week or if you have a family meal at McDonald's, it's the same price as this. So you should really be investing that money into your business rather than your McDonald's. And that seemed to work. People found it affordable. And always, always in my business, I've wanted people to come away from my stuff saying that was good value for money. I want more rather than feeling like, oh, that's an investment. I expect to load back from that. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good way to look at it. Um, you know, trying to leave something on the table instead of trying to maximize the to the, the highest price you possibly could get. Um, that leaves people, uh, you know, like you could say a little edgy or a little bit more likely to cancel. They're looking for something to go wrong so they because they can't truly justify the price just yet. Yeah, absolutely. And also, this is the lowest entry way to work with me now um, to be in my membership. So I wanted it to be an affordable entry point. And often I found already that those people have become members have then gone on to purchase higher price products from me. So for example, I run a, a four week Pinterest training course um, that's priced at 149 pounds. So a much bigger investment for that, but many of the members have gone on to purchase that or to um, purchase one-to-one -one time with me, which is even more expensive. So it's kind of a baseline price point for people to join the membership work out what I can do for them and how I can help their business. And as their business grows, they'll go on to be repeat customers because they're happy. Yeah, no, I really like that. Everything I seems like really everything you're doing really does just funnel back to a community and helping other people be successful. Right. And the nice thing, especially with what you're doing is if they are successful, which, which would be the goal, they would stay in the community because they, they'd want to keep giving back too. It's not just get, get my thing and then leave. They want to stay part of this. Absolutely. And the thing with the wedding industry as well is we need repeat business every single year because people tend to only get married once. Okay. So it's not like people build their business. They've got a load of huge um, clients and they no longer need the support from each other. This is an ongoing community because everyone needs a fresh set of new customers every single year in this business. Right. So it's, I know it's still early days for the pricing and, and it sounds like you've heard good feedback that it's affordable and, and all that. Uh, I'm curious, do you offer an annual plan as well or do you just do the, the $20, $20 a month? Yeah. So I um, have offered an annual an annual plan as well, but I kept the pricing the same. So it didn't matter whether you signed up annually or monthly. It was the same cost for the launch. I may amend that slightly. I only had one person sign up for the year. But I think it was so new that people didn't know what to expect from it. Um, and I didn't feel comfortable at this point charging a lot more if people paid monthly because I felt like I wanted people to be able to afford it. So I kept it at the same, whether you paid monthly or yearly. But I may look at that again over the summer when I open it again. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and as far as, as far as the membership model, it sounds like you're not going to be increasing it too much more because, like you said, you want to stay stay in a, in a good zone that, that most people could afford that are in the industry. Um, and then it sounds like a big part of this membership model is, is obviously to get members, but also to upsell them on additional services that you're providing. So that's a good thing for other people listening to think about is that 
sometimes the membership business is, is a nice base of recurring predictable revenue, but that it can lead to upsells of, of other things that maybe the premium members could get. Yeah, absolutely. It's turned my business on its head because I was relying before on the upsells without the baseline income of the membership. And that's why it was stressful. Now I know I've got this set group of invested members. I've got a reasonable recurring revenue coming in. And now my upsell is a bonus on top of that rather than the bread and butter. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Uh, Anything else that you'd like to mention about your story or that you think would be helpful for people? I think just going back to that being genuine, be a genuine person, help each other out and don't expect a load in return and you will find the stuff will come back to you in return. So think about what you can do to help other people and then people will want to work with you and be in your membership in the future. Don't go out there being ready to make loads of money and to just find a way to make loads of money for yourself. Think about how you can genuinely help the community you're looking to support and they'll want to support you back by joining your membership. So is that just curious, has that always been sort of your philosophy with, with business? Yeah, I would say that my business values have always been collaboration and trust um, and being genuine. So being a genuine person, not screwing people over, um, definitely helps in business, especially if you're trying to work locally, because it's a small network of people. And if you're nice to people, that travels fast. If you're not nice to people, that travels fast too. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely wise advice. Did you did you have any kind of like business mentor in the past? Or is this just something you kind of inherently thought? Well, my dad is actually um, an entrepreneur himself, and he worked in the management training. And, and when I was a child, he used to go off to all these networking meetings. And we used to laugh at him about how networking was this big thing. Um, and recently, when I turned 30, and I was talking to him, I realized I'd basically become my dad and, and was now becoming all about the networking myself. So I think my family values um, were instilled deep in me. Um, I have met with that one business strategy coach once um, back at the end of last year. But in, in general, I've built it all up myself. That's awesome. Okay, cool. So we'll end it there. Thanks for uh, taking the time to be with us, Becca. This episode has been brought to you by MemberSpace membership software anyone can use to easily turn their existing website into a membership business. You can learn more by visiting memberspace.com.